welcome to Turns Out She's Psychic, the podcast, spiritual musings, sometimes amusing. I'm Tracy, and I'm Laura. Hello, dear listeners. We're back again. How are you going, Tracy? Hi, Tospies. I'm good. I've been better, but I'm good. You? <laughs> yeah, that was a loaded question really, wasn't it? <laughs> I think we've just had more than half an hour chat on all the reasons that have uh, have challenged our feeling goodness at this point in time. But, you know, in amidst all of that, we can sit down and look at each other and record, even if it's through a screen, we're still together and we're still and even if I'm looking at you after you've just been at the hairdressers and you're looking absolutely beautified (laughs) and I'm sitting here just going great I have just lost all hope of getting my hair done until 2022 I know fuckers the great divide (laughs) the great divide but we still Mm -hmm. love each other so everybody else can too so don't let the great divide win peeps no don't Thank goodness for technology. As much as Spirit and I have our challenges <laughs> in technology, I'm very thankful to be in the technologically advanced state that we are in. In this day and age, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've got to agree. But with our listeners, I know that I'm probably not the only one that's on this side of it, and I know that you're probably not the only one that's on your side of it, yeah. but we're here for you. We're trying to deliver the content each week and yeah. we hope you're enjoying it. Um, this is a, Lace, a Lacey, oh, a Laura <laughs> and Tracy episode today. Yeah. No guests. No guests this week. Just me and yeah. you. I've been enjoying the guests though. Laura Bowen me too. was amazing. Um, and I can't wait until we're all sort of out and about because I'm so keen to get her down here for a nature reading. And, um, that'd be cool. Yeah, that'd be super cool. Yeah. I love what she said about those two birds that you have. Yeah, or the four. <laughs> oh, four. Guinea fowl, yep. And do you know what? Yeah. The, um, I think the day after we recorded, didn't see him again. Wow. Every day for about two weeks, probably longer, they were around and then we talk about them and they're gone. But I was thinking, you haven't lived in that house for a whole year yet, so no. you don't know if they came last year. Like maybe it's a seasonal thing? Maybe, but they're so tame and they are like, you know, the way people keep chooks. Yeah. They would have gotten away from somewhere. But they were mm. out for a while. We have we have guinea fowl just near us. Do you? Yeah, that, that they let them out all the time and oh, they just, okay. I'm surprised they're still alive <laughs> um, because they nearly get hit by a car every five seconds. Yeah. Yeah, they're funny. Because they just roam the street. Yeah. Mm, they are. Oh. They're like posh chickens. They are. And we have the less posh <laughs> bush turkeys around and they're always a fixture. Oh, yeah. I never used to like them bush but turkeys. now they've taken on a new significance. I like seeing them. makes me feel Ooh. good. When I'll never forget the first time I saw a bush turkey when we first moved up here and I was beside myself. <laughs> what is this giant bird so that is making this noise? Looking. They are. They're so ugly. And I'm like, it's a turkey. It's a turkey. Um, and then I couldn't decide whether uh, whether people were calling it a brush turkey or a bush turkey. Both, like yeah. people use it interchangeably. They do, yep. And then we bought our house that we're in now and we had a nest in the backyard. Oh, that's right. You told me that. Yeah, with the male bush turkey that had about 20 little... Um, Girlfriends. What are they called? Yeah, but what uh, what did we do in which the other day with the Lord Lord of the Bowls or something? I don't know. Anyway, with some fillies, he had mm. he had uh, about twenty fillies, and I didn't know that in the night they slept in the tree, mm. and then in the morning when when the sun wakes up, they drop from the tree, yeah. and you hear them drop to the ground, and. It was like, what is going on the first night we stayed in that house? It was drop, drop, drop. It's like waking up at like quarter to five in the morning to drop, 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 drop. And it would be a thud. like, what is that noise? What is going on? And then realising that there's a nest leaning up against one of the little sheds out the back and all the neighbours saying it's against the law to remove the nest. 
So we had to keep the nest. But over time, mm. they just disappeared. They move around, don't they? Yeah. Mm. They were there for years, though. They still sleep in one of the trees, but mm. the boy, the male one must have gone, yeah. must have left because not around anymore. But we used to get to see the baby bush turkeys. They are so cute. I've never seen a baby bush turkey. Oh, they're so cute. Oh. There's so many of them around where I live. Yeah, right. Oh. They're adorable. Baby bush turkeys and drop turkeys. Baby bush turkeys. And drop bush turkeys. And drop turkeys. <laughs> and, and we've got the bats across the road, the flying foxes. So we had to get used to those noises too. Yeah. So many noises. You're in the wilderness. And the cockatoos. Holy crap. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a sanctuary where I live. It is. It's a little alcove. Mm. Mm. I'd love to get Laura there. Mm. Should have a field day. Yeah, Laura, we're coming for you. (laughs) (laughs) That was cool. Yeah, she's super lovely. That was a great time we had with Shen. Yeah. Right. Well, um, over on Witch, there's going to be a few extra sneaky little um, guest episodes before the end of the year comes around. So make sure, listeners, that you're heading over to Turns Out She's a Witch, our sister podcast, because... We've got some, got some fancy ones coming up. It's a really special space that you guys are creating and me when I get a little edge in. <laughs> yeah. I enjoy it too. It's good. it's good. I love it when you get to take over for me. I love it too, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Shan's awesome, you know. She does her research and she obviously lives that life as well. So wealth of knowledge and, and that's what I like, what she brings to that and it's great. Yeah, she's awesome. Mm. Well, what have you got for me today? Today, we're going to have a little sort of compare and contrast on the themes around consciousness and mindfulness. Um, What do you think about that? (laughs) Well, I think that's cool. I think that that's a me and you topic if there was ever one. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, so many elements blend really well together and... um, and so many others tend to diversify. So it's uh, it's a good thing to talk about because I'm sure people have probably sometimes heard the terms inter- interchangeably, um, depending. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think people use them interchangeably or even just um, have a, a misconception that when people who are talking about mindfulness must be spiritual Mm. or even people who are spiritual that must be mindful yeah um it would go both ways in in a sense but um yeah because mindfulness feels like it would have been a bit of a wooey or a new agey (laughs) way of thinking not that long ago I mean it's obviously much more mainstream now it's heaps mainstream and it feels as though it's sort of the the palatable sister to something Oh, I like that. Called consciousness. Um, I think it also Mm. embodies more of the self-consciousness side of a larger consciousness realm, maybe. Couldn't have said it better. Mm. But mindfulness... The sister. Yeah, is like the the westernised vocabulary that has comprised a lot of Eastern traditional methods of meditation and being present and being in the moment. Um, and self-awareness. Self-awareness, being aware and rather than attached to your emotions and your state of thinking, rather than um, associating and being attached to it. I think that in essence is mindfulness and a lot of Eastern traditions have done that for years and, and mindfulness is a way of sort of exploring those topics in more of a westernised language to sort of maybe introduce the practice more widespread but um, uh, whichever way it's happened, yeah, it's sort of... Sorry, you go on. Because a lot of... Because a lot of mindfulness has um, science backing. Yes, yes. So they can uh, measure the success for want of a better word, or the effectiveness rather, um, in certain techniques and and a lot of mindfulness, um, when it's now called mindfulness, have introduced kind of 
maybe before you start certain practices, how you're feeling, um, maybe on a rating scale or something like that. So after you've learnt the practice and you've been practising the practice, you then revisit how you feel afterwards. So you've got a benchmark from which to measure and that is how Mm. they're able to get more statistics on it. The way it's taught, Mm. different sort of classes. It's like a... It's like a DIY psychology. Almost, yeah, because it, it encompasses mm. the the exploration and, you know, witnessing how you're feeling and the non-attachment to it, the non-judgment to it, but then it also, so it's got that awareness, but then it also encompasses figuring out an action based on that. So you're not reacting, you're you're acting on self-soothing on information and you're really processing it you're giving your chance you're you're giving yourself an ability to process it before moving on so you're not attached Mm -hmm. to everything that's coming and going you're looking at the data and then you're working out where to go from there so it's that self-consciousness you know you're really conscious of everything going on in your mind without being attached to it which from a more consciously aware perspective is an introduction to um, the early stages of detaching from ego. Yeah, so that's why, yeah, it sort of feeds, it's like the gateway. (laughs) First, Mm. you know, step one, just be aware that Mm. there is a separate thing, you know. Yeah, there is that detachment. Yeah, because, yes, and then when you're able to do that for long enough and you're able to witness the the separateness of um, those two parts to you, the, the, the awareness of it and the, the thing itself, yeah. like the, the thing that's happening and then how you're perceiving it and realising how they're two completely different things, once you're really practised at... Um, at those two awarenesses of self, then you're able to start to explore conscious awareness in a way that broadens your consciousness. Whereas not all that doesn't always happen all the time, though, because um, some people find that um, that that process of going from full ego attachment and being a reactive and a responsive person who's just um, you know, going along, uh, living life almost unconsciously, just going through the motions to then sometimes having the people who almost overnight or almost in an instant move to complete consciousness awareness because of something quite profound that happens, mm. um, which is on the rare occasion. Like NDAs. But mostly, yes. Would you say? Yeah. Um, and also like, um, you know, um, psychedelics. Oh, yes. And people who are experiencing, you know, that kind of experimentation, especially these days, it's giving them the opportunity to move beyond their human ego struggles and they're looking for some kind of way around it or through it or or over it or under it or in it somehow. Alternate way of being, yeah. mm -hmm. And so there are, like, they're really the two kind of um, almost cheat ways not cheat ways but you know what i'm saying like they're the they're the only they're the they're the only ways that um the exception to the rule yes uh however most of the time it is that you would have to go through some level of processing and it would have to be a stage and a and um one would argue whether or not that's on a time based on whether or not you are consciously choosing to go down that journey and that you're journeying mm. and intentionally subscribing and practicing and putting yourself in situations that can bring upon that that processing faster. That growth. Mm. Yep. Um, or whether you're quite passively experiencing it as it occurs and not searching for it or looking for it but rather just sitting back and witnessing it as it arrives Mm -hmm. um so there's so many different so many different places where people kind of sit in amongst the whole thing but they're definitely two very different um two different situations concepts beings you know 
place of being, especially when it comes to soul evolution. People who who are having their human experience who aren't consciously living. And when I say that, I'm talking about, um, so like with my mentees, a lot of the time what I'll talk about is living a conscious, deliberate and intentional life. Yep, yep. And if you can pretty much think of all the people who aren't living deliberately and intentionally and consciously, then all of those people, um, they would in some ways sit in, and obviously I'm generalizing, but um, they would in some ways sit in like a a soul group um, that belongs to like the 3D consciousness that we spoke about a couple of episodes ago. Yeah. Makes sense. And so then their their souls just aren't here ready yet to evolve through mindfulness and then through potentially into consciousness. But then we have the next level of the four Ds, and the four Ds will sit in the mindfulness space, and they'll be understand they'll be able to understand um, you know broader um, concepts and theories and aspects to uh, consciousness and spirituality even they might not ever really go all the way into it but they'll be more open-minded to it and yeah. accepting of it and embracing of yeah. it yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. yeah and they'll they'll sort of sit at the 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 bottom end of the of the spectrum when it comes to soul evolution so you you sit at the very top end of that soul group right uh, because you're a teacher and a healer at the top. Okay, right. And you're becoming like that messenger and that guide. So you're kind of like That's right on the outside. That, yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Along the spectrum. Um, whereas, yeah, whereas um, there are people who in their life will just discover um, mindfulness through something. Like I know like even my husband Matt um was was kind of a little bit backwards really if I used him as an example but he had a great respect for consciousness and spirituality Mm. but wasn't a very spiritual or conscious person but had a great respect of it and embraced it um but very little mindfulness Mm -hmm. was very um living very unconsciously and very not deliberately and very unintentionally um, and so I've seen him journey into that um, that real 4D mindfulness space. Um, but because he's choosing, and I think it's because he's married to me, I don't know. But because <laughs> Might have something to do with it. it. <laughs> so, yeah, his journey has sped up in some ways, but then in other ways um, it's just tracking along exactly as it should yeah. um, quite passively. Um but there, there are so many, like so many different little points along the spectrum, I guess. But mindfulness is definitely required in order to expand your consciousness. Mm. However, mm-hmm. once you arrive at a conscious, at like a level of consciousness, like say for example where I'm mm-hmm. at, I'm not always mindful. <laughs> I try really difficult, like try really, really hard to live consciously. Um, deliberately and intentionally. Um, but I, I think that I, I know I'm very different. I know I am. And I, and, and I'm, I can't even understand how, how it all happens to be in one human. I don't know. But I know that one part of who I am rejects it all so much yeah. and just wants to be a 3 d <laughs> sometimes and just be really just not. Nah, I don't want to play anymore. That's the dualistic nature of being a human, you know. You're still wrapped up in a human body having a human experience irrespective of where you're at at any other given point of time and space. (laughs) Yeah, and I think that that works on like we were talking just before we started recording about like another layer that you've just found that sort of sits over the top of the wheel of the year, which we're going to talk about another episode. I know. But yes, can't wait. Uh, it's so exciting. <laughs> it's um, like we're speaking but, in tongues now. <laughs> I know. Um, I think that. Well, I don't think I know that with um, the soul's evolution as well. That the parts of me that still sit in that three D are just under evolved parts of my soul, like. Mm. Um, like, with like the, like the mothering side. Yeah. So like I, well, as I'm getting older and really sitting in my consciousness and my spirituality, 
I'm really like I'm intentionally and deliberately finding um, parts of myself that I need to evolve. Yeah, that's what you're here to do. Yeah. Yeah. And when I uncover those parts that aren't as obvious to everybody else, but because like, I mean, not aren't as obvious to everybody else, but aren't as obvious as, as everybody else's, mm. um, those parts are deep and they're there, but they're under evolved to the point where they are sitting in their ego. And, and I have to start at mindfulness again mm. with those parts, those individual parts. Makes sense. Mm. Um, and I think that with everything that's been happening this year with lockdowns and other challenges that, um, that at the moment specifically that I think that I'm, I've been sitting a lot in those under evolved parts, um, because it's kind of been forced in a way. Mm. Uh, but in a in a blessing way, so it's happening for me, not to me, yep. and I see that. Of course. Uh, but it's really hard to evolve those parts when when there's only so much you can do right when now. When you're already in a pressure cooker. Yeah. yeah. Um, which is difficult. It's very loud. And yeah, and because I'm such a self aware person. Um. I'm fully aware of all the conversations that go on inside. Mm-hmm. It's like people managing. Mm. <laughs> yeah. But I also know that I'm not on a, in a rush. I know that my divine time is fine um, yeah. and that I'm not needing to quickly bring them up to a level of consciousness, that they're fine where they are and it's all going to according to time. Mm. But just like everybody else that goes through that growth period of going from maybe 3D to 4D where they start stepping into mindfulness and then maybe 4D to sitting at the top of 4D and going more into consciousness and spirituality, um, there's growing pains in that. Oh, every growth that I've ever experienced mm. is is not pretty. <laughs> it's like those memes mm-hmm. you see of what I think spiritual growth will be like and then in reality it's yeah. it's struggle and ugly. and It's like a tornado. Yeah. Because therein um, lies and one, the gold. It's in, in a shit nugget. <laughs> yeah, shit nugget. And one of the things that um, I find, especially after like watching you journey through your mindfulness training with um, the health system mm. that you've done over the last couple of years, is that mindfulness is a very internal practice yeah. that is externally exposed. Yeah, it's very individualised. It's very like in your own mind on yourself whereas yeah however however it's externally celebrated Mm. and discussed and practiced and supported because the knock-on effect is guided yeah 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 Mm. But there's so many places where there, there are mindfulness um, classes, like at, at my children's yeah, school, they have, yeah. Yeah. yeah, very accessible. And so it, and it's very um, normalized yep. to talk about yep. it. Um, it's not, it's brought into most companies, most government agencies yeah. will have some kind of you know, yep. department that has that incorporated into its schools, all of that. In this day and age. And even, yep. um, even social media, yep. you know, Absolutely. it's huge. Yep. And so it's totally 100% okay for you to share your mindfulness journey mm-hmm. publicly. It's very palatable. Yep. Yep. Mm. Whereas with a consciousness journey, mm-hmm. um, one does not want to share publicly because one does not feel the need to share publicly Mm -hmm. because it's not about sharing and it's not about needing validation and it's not about needing conversation and it's not about needing support and it's not about needing anything externally. It's all internally. So consciousness is an internal, internal, not an internal, external. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, internal, internal because you've already surpassed, you've already done the inner work like you can't you can't undo it I mean mindfulness um 
like you were saying, it's it's very palatable. It's very out there. Um, it's especially at this point in time, it's allowing everybody a chance to develop in that sort of along that sort of path if if that's what they want to do. Um, the next stage, or like you said, if you if you get to progress into higher levels of consciousness, that becomes more like you said. It's it, there's no you've already done all the other stuff. Mm. Whereas everybody's yeah, talking about mindfulness because greater people are developing this evolution. More and more people are, are choosing that path and this is a way that lots of people are able to pick up the beginnings and do with it what they will or not, depending on the individual. Yeah, it's more mm. of a widespread... And so many yeah, it's more of a widespread thing that are that's yeah. getting spoken about and the more people are speaking about it the more people are either going to go not nah, not for me can't do it hate it don't even want to do it or or people mm. might be intrigued but I think we've definitely reached a, a point where people you know with mental illness and um even the age of technology people are really struggling to make friends with themselves even more so and that's what you have to do first before you can even think about doing anything else. I don't know. Would you agree? Like you've got to go mm. introspective and uh, it, figure out. It depends. I, I don't think so. I would have to disagree on that with a bit of a caveat. Right. So, go on. Um, you can have a very high level of consciousness and not have done work on yourself because that was me. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but, but you're the exception to the rule. Um, Let's... No, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think that there is a difference in, like when you understand consciousness, you understand that there is becoming conscious and then there is expanding your consciousness. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so within consciousness journey, when we talk about awakening, we're just awakening to a consciousness that we already have. We're just remembering it. We're waking up to our conscious awareness. When you are where I'm at, which is doing things to expand my consciousness, that's a different journey. Yes. And so to expand your consciousness, yes, you have to have done all of you, not all of your inner work, but you have to be very aware of who you yeah, are you and you have place. to know you're in a demons. You have to reach that You have place. to know yourself yeah. and have accepted the parts of you that aren't evolved yet yeah. and you have to have accepted where you're at and all the rest of it. Which is where the mindfulness... But consciousness from the beginning again yeah Yeah. but then the consciousness um like there are a lot of conscious people out there who are not very self-aware they've got but they've got very high levels of consciousness they're they're like they're people that are out there that can um you see them all over social media i see them Uh, you like most most of our listeners probably don't see them and and see it the way that i see it Mm -hmm. maybe it's just not as obvious to everyone i don't know but there's people out there who can talk about concepts that uh that seem very expanded Mm -hmm. but if you were to actually go into their lives and look behind the camera there's probably not a lot of authenticity there and alignment and integrity in with the way that they have reached that space Mm -hmm. or the way that they live their life or how they journeyed there yep yep and that really just comes down to the individual person who is attracted to the teacher. You know, like you see them, like I remember um, there was um, a girl, I can't even remember her name, but she um, it was a couple of years ago and she was on Instagram and YouTube um, and she was a young, youngish girl, like maybe, maybe in the late 20s, early 30s. It's weird that I call that young though, isn't it? But anyway, um, and she had built this multi-million dollar um, business out of being a spiritual person and teaching um, spiritual practices and meditation and she made all these product lines and she was raking in the dollars. Um, But behind closed doors, she was, you know, getting high every other weekend (laughs) and um, spending all her money in places that just you know, weren't aligned with someone who is conscious, deliberate and intentional. Mm -hmm. Um, Yet, if you sat down with her, she had a very high level of consciousness. Mm -hmm. Like she, she understood things and she was clever, um, but her human 
uh, alignment hadn't met that part yet. So she wasn't being authentic. And it's really when you meet your level of consciousness and you grow into the awareness and then you align it with your human self that you become authentic, which is what I did. You know, like I wasn't authentic at all, but I had a high level of consciousness. My human self wasn't, wasn't sort of aligned. Like it wasn't, it wasn't in the same line as that awareness. And then when you evolve your human self and you do the hard work, which is leaving people behind, which is saying no to things that don't serve you anymore or that aren't good for you, which is choosing to move to places and, and to things that are, no matter what it means that you're going to have to do to get there and what you have to sacrifice or do to grow. Um, and then you reach a point where your human self is vibrating at the same frequency as your conscious awareness can. And then you can then you can start to look to expand your consciousness. Yeah. But it takes a lot of practice to keep that alignment in. It's a constant practice, isn't it? It's not it's something deliberate yeah, intentional. It's a way of living. It's not a level reached. <laughs> it is a it's a practice. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. Because it is we're living a conscious, people. deliberate, and yeah. intentional life. Yeah. Yep. Um, and you, once you are that, you don't really want to be anything else. Mm. And that's why sometimes it's a little bit frustrating for me when I find those parts. At first, it's frustrating when I find those parts of me that I know that I need to sit down and first become mindful of, and then become more aware of, and then detach from the ego of, and then move into the conscious awakening of, and then move into a conscious expansionness mm-hmm. of, which is enlightenment. Mm-hmm. It's just so, like yeah. that unilom symbol, isn't it? It's not a straight line. There oh. are zigs and zags and spirals and that's the nature yep. of all things. That's right. That's it. And this is where um, this is where you get to, though, when you can sit back and because um, I am in full acceptance and am living a conscious, deliberate, intentional life, I feel like a broken record, <laughs> but because I am living that Mm -hmm. I know that it's safe to to look into those darker places yeah um and and find those little lurking pieces that are still there and evolve them yeah because you've developed Um, that relationship with yourself you've got a high level of trust with yourself that you know you'll be okay but I also see it as loving like I see that as a practice of self-love probably the highest act of self-love is it not Correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then to do it with compassion and kindness for myself. How healing is that? Yeah. But, I mean, you and I, um, you can attest to this. Like literally yesterday, um, I when I find these places um, or these, these little hidey spots, um, I have processes that I go through and my energy will take like it will go through those frequency processes it will dip and it will it will retract and it will retreat and it will go high again and low again it does all these different things and I just dance with Mm. it you know it's just a flow for me um but because yeah and that's normal for me and it's but it's very telling when when something like that happens for me and I'm in my own little world and I do have that spiritual relationship where I know I'm not alone in this because I'm definitely not alone at the moment. Like if anything, I'm more connected Mm, than ever at the moment. Um, I feel complete and so don't need anyone, don't need anything, don't don't want anything, don't want to even do anything. I just, I feel like I step out for a little while and I just disappear. Um, But you even notice when I do that. And it's just like, where have you gone? <laughs> What's happening? Um, and it's it's at times like that that I just I, I I'm fully aware of how how um, different my life is <laughs> to a lot of people. And it's just been a while. It's probably been about a year since that's happened. I think it's it's. That said, it's natural when people are going through things where they're doing inner work and they're being introspective and they're going through something. Most people have a tendency to withdraw, to spend some time with themselves, on themselves, sorting stuff out. Yeah. Yeah. 
Except spiritually, I, if you know, like when, if you think about where people sit when they're in the mindfulness stage of doing that, you know, if they're going through something, they withdraw. And like you said, they go through those motions and we want to check on them. We want to make sure that they're being kind to themselves and they're looking after themselves and they're eating mm. and drinking and sleeping and, you know, that they're being looked after. Mm. Um, and it's from a very human level mm. and a very heart level. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you're going through spiritual expansion, um, you've got like a spiritual team that does that for you. And it doesn't come from the human realm. Mm. It comes from the spiritual realm. Mm. And I'm really good at receiving from the spiritual realm, Mm. terrible at receiving (laughs) from the human realm, which you would know, but, um, it, um, it's just interesting. It just, I, I found it something to just say because it's interesting how different, that internal internal is of spirituality as opposed or consciousness as opposed to mindfulness mm. where it's internal external. Mm-hmm. And uh, does that make sense? Am I making sense? Yeah, you are making sense for someone that has a, a broader view on things. So I think it's, it's a very valid point. Um, you know, mindfulness is very individualized, but also spoken to individuals it's a tool for an individual to develop within their minds within themselves as a human human. Um, and when it comes to consciousness you step out of that individualized perspective and you can see whole systems whole networks and you have a an understanding of the impact of that rather than just an individualistic nature so yeah Mm. and I don't feel the need to share it with anyone no. Like humans. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And but you even can't really like, because everybody is exactly. there at different, because it's at internal. different times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it is an internal and it's like, thing. Yeah. And like I'm having trouble explaining myself now, that's how it would be if I tried to explain what goes on inside. Yeah. And um, it's um, it's like Tracy Stacy <laughs> steps in, but it's not Tracy Stacy, but it's like the world that Tracy Stacy lives in. That's the world that I'm in when I'm doing my spiritual expansion. Yeah, well, yeah, and by the same token, when it comes to dimensional speak, it can sometimes be hard to um, sort translate. of translate and define because you're speaking a language mm-hmm. to somebody, we're speaking a dialect of a language to somebody that hasn't ever been there and therefore doesn't understand. Mm-hmm. They might be able to grapple with some perspectives and some sort of notions but, yeah, translation becomes difficult because to be able to comprehend it means that they will be sort of, there are they are able to, whereas people, mm. it can just be completely foreign. That's the yeah. nature of it <laughs> and being okay with, yeah. with that, I suppose, is the first thing, just realising that there is so much more to life. <laughs> mm, absolutely. And either way... Um, whether you're going through the early stages of mindfulness or whether the late stages of mindfulness and you're thinking to get into consciousness and spirituality or whatever, um, there's also so many different ways that it can be done, you know? Like you think about all the different different nuances and um, streams of spirituality. Um, that can also journey people either into um, a quickening, so to speak, um, or um, a slowing down because people can enter into something that looks pretty, sounds pretty, smells pretty, feels pretty, um, but holds them Station there. instead yeah. of, yeah, mm. instead of um, allowing flow and growth and moving through. Mm. Um, and it's the same with mindfulness though, because you get to mindfulness and people can find something that works and then it stops working. Mm. Um, and then all of a sudden their anxiety might come back, for example, um, because their system's gotten used to it or their, their mind has worked out a way around that one tool that they use or technique that they used to use that no longer works anymore. And it's that constant needing to find the next thing and the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. Mm. And so mindfulness can also have strategies inside of it that I find um, 
pacifies as opposed to heals or grows or expands. It just keeps symptoms at bay. I think I think there's definitely potential there for that to happen. Um, I think it happens most of the time. I think I think that's what happens with most things when people pick and choose certain elements to practice and not practice though. Because if you're truly observational, then you would be picking up that information um, and you would be choosing not to do anything with that. There's a big difference though between being mindful and um, practicing mindfulness. Absolutely. Yeah, that's the whole difference. Because yeah. 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 And that would be the same as being conscious yeah. and practicing authenticity yeah. in your consciousness. Yeah. Or you it's know, like different stages. Gro- you know, trying to grow your consciousness too, higher consciousness. Mm. Yeah, you can stay or not, and that's where everybody's yeah. on their their own different their own journey with it. Um, and that's fine, just being aware of where you're at and what you're intentionally choosing to do or not and not labelling it anything else, just simply being aware and of where, where you're at. And that's where the work comes in. Uh, yeah, that's where the practice, the work, call it what you will, you're either and doing it or you're not. Just know where you're at, just check yourself. Because the mindfulness is the easy part of, of the process. It's not easy, but it's mm. the easy part of being someone who lives mindfully Mm. (laughs) (laughs) it's like um it's like being someone who has a level of consciousness um to being someone who lives consciously yes exactly the work is in the doing they sound very similar but in practice but they can be very different yeah very different. Being something and living as something and the practising of it. Yeah, absolutely. Some days and weeks I'm practising and some days and weeks I'm living and some days or weeks, who knows what the hell I'm doing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm hearing you. It is what it is. Um, and it's really difficult at the moment, um, I would think for a lot of people who are living consciously to be able to live in the current state of the world. Yeah. Um, We're being tested like never before in so many ways, in patience, in kindness, in acceptance, um, in love. Mm. And it's heartbreaking sometimes to watch people suffer in it. Um, and I know that they're suffering, you know, when I say it's heartbreaking, I, I really don't find much heartbreaking if I'm being honest because um, I see everything as mm. it's, it's what it's supposed to be and all suffering is just a perception. Um, but it's, it's a lot to see my people, the humankind, Mm -hmm. suffering. Yeah, because humankind, that's our best thing is we experience emotions, so they're there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And if anything, it is showing even more the the people who are mindful, the people who practice mindfulness, the people who are conscious, the people who practice consciousness, um, and those that sit either side of that spectrum. Absolutely. I have a question for you. It's just becoming obvious. Sure. On that, um, earlier on we were mentioning levels of consciousness and how people, especially like yourself, who have such an overall grasp on consciousness, you're able to see how different things are playing out. Um, does that help or hinder or it depends on the, on the moment and the flow in dealing with how you're seeing things at their current state when you have such a higher level of consciousness and how lessons are being learned and how big team players and big things are playing out because you've got such different levels of understanding of how this is impacting right now. How does that impact you because you have so many different levels of understanding? Um... I have to consistently check myself before I wreck Mm. myself about it. Mm. Uh, There are so many times when my ego will rear its head in a sense of um, uh, maternal instinct, I guess, Um, 
if it was just me, then I think it would be very different. Uh, but in all of this, I consider my kids the most. Um, and that's why I think that maternal part of me is coming out of the, the shadows even more. Yeah, it's interesting I mean, she's been out for a while. Yeah. Mm. Um, she's been out for quite a number of years, but like I know she's not fully evolved so and I and I am here for yeah. her. Yeah, and I am so patient with her and so kind with her and gentle and compassionate and tough all at the same time. Just like a um, mom. <laughs> yeah, but in the whole scope of everything that is going on, I know that it's happening for a greater reason than me. Yeah than you, than anyone that's got anything to say about it, than the politicians, than, than anyone that is alive right now, for, for instance, as well. Um, and I know that our children are the generation and the beginning of, um, of real change. Yeah. And I just, I contemplate quite a lot in my quiet time what is going to how things are going to be left for them mm. to to build on to live in and i don't just mean like mother earth and the state of the earth and global warming and all of that i just mean human nature infrastructure and humankind yeah. and how how the heart sits at a basic human level mm-hmm. um and where my consciousness sits because of um because of my strong integrity around what I want to know about the future, it's really difficult. I've kind of checkmated myself. Yeah, yeah. Because my kids will be involved in that. Um, and I've been pushing the, I've been pushing that, um, but I've been pushing that button a little bit recently with, with spirit, um, with my team, with myself Mm. to kind of see whether or not I'm supposed to know, like, is this, am I at the point where you're making it, um, mildly uncomfortable, which I don't let anything get mildly uncomfortable. So the fact that it's mildly uncomfortable, Mm. it's like, Oh, is that because you're wanting me to move? Like you're wanting me to do something that I don't normally do. Like, is this a, is this a a mildly uncomfortable expansion feeling or is this a mildly uncomfortable ego feeling? And I think I'm still not a hundred percent sure. And I think the reason why I'm not sure is because I'm afraid to find out the answer. And it's, um, you're speaking in individualised terms there as well, rather than experiencing all of this as a collective sort of thing. You know, this whole earth is going through this altogether. It's mildly uncomfortable for everyone, let alone massively uncomfortable. Um, and the fact mm-hmm. that you're checking in to see your exact uh, impact or how it's affecting you on an individual level within all of everything else I find fascinating too yeah well we have we are spiritual beings having a human experience for our soul evolution and then for the collective evolution yeah so for the collective to evolve does my soul have to evolve exactly that is always the question and so I know the bigger picture for the collective we've spoken about that before that's an easy Mm. one but where it comes down to little old Tracy sitting yeah. here just going, okay, what's my part in all of this? You're such a doer. You're Guys, such a, what do you, what do you yeah, want me to do? You're such a, you know, problem solver, fixer. You're like, right, let's get amongst it. What do you want me to do? Mm-hmm. What am I here to do? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the answer, the answer is something that I'm not sure I'm ready for. Mm. When it comes to me and my family yeah. and my little sphere of influence. Yeah. Um, but that's where I'm at. Yeah. Like, honestly, that's a little dance that I play with myself yeah. and it's uncomfortable and I don't like being uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> Does um, anyone? <laughs> I, well, I spent, I spent far too long being yeah. ridiculously uncomfortable. So yeah. now, like, the standard of self-living that I have for myself mm. is just no. Yeah. It's a different like level. You, you've, yeah. Yeah, well, it's not self-loving. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And this being uncomfortable um, isn't just about yourself either. It's about... No. You know, so it's it's uncomfortable, yeah, but it's different uncomfortable. It's a, it's a whole Correct. different colour. Mm-hmm. And so being um, consciously 
evolved, you have an awareness Mm. that is separate. You know your self-awareness, you know your oneness awareness. Mm. You have like these different layers of awareness and they each need an individual um, awareness and they all play a part within themselves. Um, I know that with my company, well, with my business evolving next year, I know that that is something that has been called. Mm-hmm. Like I know that I'm doing that from a calling space. Yep. Um, and I know that there are reasons inside of that that are that are both personal, like for Tracy, for me individually, mm-hmm. as well as a oneness. Mm-hmm. I know that. that and I've been shown mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of, that's sorted. Mm-hmm. The, the business side is sorted. Mm-hmm. Um, great. But when it comes to me being, you know, 40 and still got years to go and having kids here and a husband and a life and living in a country and on a planet. Mm -hmm. And it's like, what's, what's next for, for me, Mm -hmm. um, is a little bit scary because I spend my life talking about other people. Yep. And guiding other people to their authentic self and to their truth and getting them to break through all the lies they're telling themselves and to bring into their authenticity and to teach them then how to stay into that authenticity and to be conscious, deliberate and intentional. And I love it. But what it does do is take away uh, my time to do that for myself to grow and to do that I need to to retreat. Yes, you need the space and the time. Um, And and I hate explaining myself. You know, like I look at my specific um, shit show in terms of not a shit show, but my my design, mm-hmm. my my soul's design. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm a triple Gemini. I'm a manifesting generator. I'm an eight um, on an enneagram. You know, like I've got all of these parts to me that um, that make so much sense, but they make me very complicated. Mm. Um, and one part of that is that my mind moves at lightning speed and it sees things that nobody else can see in the future. And then all it does is sit here and try and figure out the process of getting from where things are now to where they are in that future. And because I know that when I'm shown something, that means it's available right now. I want it right Mm -hmm. now because I'm extremely impatient. Um, and so then the first thing that I'll do is become completely ADD sideswiped by this new thing that has come into my awareness that I simply must have or do or be or create or see in a reality. Mm-hmm. And to explain that entire process to anyone would not be possible for starters, time. but it's not something, but it's, yeah, exactly. But it's also not something I'm interested in doing. Mm. But it means that most people in my life that are close enough to me have to just take whatever I say (laughs) (laughs) because there's not much explanation going Mm. on. You know, like I'm a get what you get kind of person, just keep up. Mm -hmm. I can attest to that. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, it's interesting and... um... I don't know, just on that, when you when you see something as available now or you see that it is possible, uh, I've been listening to loads of different podcasts on levels of consciousness and different realms and even parallel universes and whatnot and uh, sort of, you know, there is a, a theory that, you know, with, within levels of realms of possibility that is probably existing on a whole other plane. We're all just laid upon our, you know, our realities are all laid one upon the other. Maybe you're glimpsing a whole other reality. <laughs> Who mm-hmm. knows? Mm-hmm. I love the mind yep. tricks that plays on oneself. but For sure. And that's where mindfulness comes yeah. in. Yeah. <laughs> that's why you need your mind. That's why you return back to what you but, can and can't do and what is possible. And it sounds like such a a trip, for want of a better word, for you to have a, such a great understanding and great views and be trapped in bunny ears in your human existence. It sounds like getting those two to um, play together, play to play nice. <laughs> And knowing that you're the playmaster. And knowing that you signed like up Like you're for the it. one. <laughs> this is your choice. Oh, yeah, exactly. You wanted this. Mm-hmm. You want to do this. I 
nominated as tribute. Yep. Yay! <laughs> I'm glad you did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I am too. It's just it's just very interesting times. Yeah. And Grab the popcorn. I'm an observer. Mm. Mm. Um, and observe, I'm observing far too many things right now, you so know, like far too many spectrums. Yeah. It's just. It's a lot. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it would be nice if you kind of maybe gave a little bit of insight into um, your view on on what I've talked about in terms of for, from your perspective, not being me, mm. um how would you explain or how would you talk about or interpret or translate um, the journey for you in terms of going from where you were to where you are now? Yeah. Um, where I was was where lots of people are, just a bunch of reactions and uh, I was a really... Um, sort of big victim of my circumstance and um, and it took, I think, a lot for me to wake up and realise I was just totally unconscious and, um, you know, you, I did a lot of spiritual growth, a lot of introspection as to why my why certain people bother me. What is it about them that bothers me so much? It's obviously something that's mirrored in myself that I have to uh, deal with, move on from, you know, I learn a lot about acceptance, a lot about forgiveness, a lot about self-love. And since becoming a mum, I learnt a lot about becoming a mum but also mothering myself um, and accepting that within myself. Um, And a lot of my spiritual practice and a lot of meeting that came from becoming closer with you, Um, a really good counsellor, a really good naturopath (laughs) back in the day, (laughs) a a lot of healing, a lot of self-healing at the same time as a realisation that you can grow from there and and whatnot. But then when I got... um, involved with mindfulness and practising mindfulness, that certainly helped me um, definitely on a personal level but also at work. Um, you know, being able to work in a high-stress environment and be okay with that. I think a lot of healthcare workers don't differentiate between being um, acclimatised to something and being um, a bit indifferent to it a bit numbed from it. It's very, very yeah. different things. Like a lot of healthcare workers feel as though, well, if they if they can't just put up with, with stressful environments, then it's not for them. That, that's not true. You can acclimatise to working in that environment, but it's still not a normal environment. Um, and acclimatise seems so low standard. <laughs> well, you've got to start somewhere and, and we're talking baby steps. We're talking about... Mm. Clinicians and healthcare workers that have have evolved from times where they they did get um, you know they were in stressful environments, but then there was a bit of time where they could do something a little bit more man- mundane, whether it be cleaning or whether it be you know scrubbing out something or you know making beds. Whereas now there's other people that do that and some other healthcare workers, they're just doing stressful task after stressful task. There's no mm. in-between time. Um, and I don't think that has been acknowledged. I, I don't, you know, it's it's a byproduct of a larger population, a more unwell population and the need for people to look after them. And I think... Like it's grown too quickly yeah, for the and it's, for the human to keep up. I think up. so. Yeah, like like any sort of area, really. I mean, humans are, are so smart, and we make all these things, and we have all these great ideas and great systems. But then it's the humans that have to run them. Um, so then we've got to remember about the human side of it all. <laughs> That's for now. That's for now. And something that I want us to talk about um, and I have a new guest for us as well, but this is going to be in 2022, Mm -hmm. 
is um, artificial intelligence. Yeah, and, you know, isn't that a... A growth industry, and I'm sure there's more of it out there. You know, we've been we've been doing stuff like that for a long time. It's only going to get more and more, um, and that frightens the pants off me, to be honest. Um, but yeah, I think I think humans, and you've asked me to speak personally about myself, so yeah, so I will. The mindfulness side of it has certainly been able to allow me to cope with my job and cope with me being able to practice my my job at a level that I'm I feel comfortable with um and also be able to come home and have a private life that I'm comfortable with and I feel as though I'm able to separate yeah and I'm able to serve myself in that too and in and when I'm doing that I can serve my family I can be a much more grounded self-aware wife much more grounded self-aware mum and worker for the people that I help and, you know, and teacher for the people that I teach at work. So it's just really been such an invaluable tool to be able to make the most out of what I'm here to offer if I'm aware of it and if Mm. I'm aware of my capabilities and my shortfallings and not be attached to whether I feel good about that or shit about that, just accepting what I'm capable of and moving from that space. And... And for healthcare workers, like I know that the job is such a big part of the identity. Oh yeah, yeah. I think you're drawn to that. And so what? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And so what you've just described really is just separating from the identity of what you do for a job. Yeah. Um, and being able to then pour into each of the cups of your life in a much more healthy, balanced way, because you're not wrapped up in the identity of your work creating all the rest of those. Yeah. Not creating but feeding all the rest of those in a sense of energy. Yeah, yeah it's so true. Mm. Yep. I never realised all of that. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so when you, um, when you talk about, well, when you did in your previous role, um, when you talked about mindfulness did you find that there was much sort of people that would sort of say, oh, you know, that's wooey or that's... Yeah, for sure. Did you find yeah. that, especially in the health oh, industry? Oh, there's plenty of people, uh, like with anything, that are... The more that senior are people? Not was there it. a... <laughs> did you find that, like, it was the more senior people that were against it or embracing it? Um, probably more senior staff uh, liked the idea of it. There was never enough time to actually embrace anything in that place. Um, mm. But people either um, wanted to explore it or not. And I think the people more often that it wasn't for were more verbal. They were more like, oh, I, I can't stand that shit or it's not for me. or And it really isn't for everyone. That's Nothing is for everyone and that's cool. Like at least you know that. More power to you. You know yourself well enough to know it's not for you. Great. You know, you're probably not the person that needs it then, you know. <laughs> Or I would beg to differ. You're the person who exactly needs it. (laughs) But, yeah, you can't tell anyone that, can you? So um, it's fascinating. You know what? I think there is one word that that comes to mind in all of this, whether it's mindfulness or consciousness or ego, there is one word that I think is a universal word that applies to everyone, no matter what stage they're at of this journey of, of... of evolution um and no matter um who where or what it is um and that's vulnerability yeah you know you cannot become mindful practice mindfulness you cannot become consciously aware and live consciously without being vulnerable at all stages it's the one thing that you have to be able to be comfortable with if you're going to be successful Mm. on continuing the journey through it's funny that you say you've got to be comfortable with it because I'm not sure I'm ever comfortable with being vulnerable with it with being vulnerable but I'm I'm more okay with it now but it doesn't feel comfortable for me well that's 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 no that's two different things so you've got to be comfortable with being vulnerable but vulnerability itself is uncomfortable yes, yes. well said indeed i agree yep 
because everyone's the yeah, same. Exactly. Like if you're vulnerable, no one's comfortable. Well, that's what I mean. Let's yeah, let's clarify yeah. that. But you have to choose. <laughs> yeah, but you have to choose to be comfortable yep. with the choice yep. of being vulnerable yes. and realizing that when you're being mindful, you usually can control that and pick and choose as to when you want to step into that vulnerability and not. Yeah. When you're um, living a spiritually led life um, and expanding consciousness, it's not as um, it's not as easy to control when it happens. Mm. So the practice because of you it live is just all or nothing. Pretty much, because mm. I um, I just live in faith. Yep. And so when it arrives, it arrives and you just take a deep mm. breath and you just apply everything that you know and you just keep moving with through. Faith. Yep. Yeah. But with mindfulness, it's a stop. It's a practice. Take a step back, breathe, center, yep. connect, observe, yep. go through these motions. Yep. You can't, I can't do um, that So it's almost like long. it's more seamless. <laughs> no, who the fuck can? I get home and go, oh. God. <laughs> <laughs> Well done. <laughs> mm-hmm. Good job. <laughs> One star today. Yeah. Yeah. That's real. We're just well, keeping it real. Well, do you have any other questions for me or are we done? I think we're done. If anyone's still listening, I hope uh, I hope this, <laughs> this chat was enlightening. I really hope it was. <laughs> we needed to have it though. We needed to have it because... I had a good time. It's been a big part. Yeah, it's been a big part of your brain mm. self space for the last couple of years yeah. in doing all the research and and study just and living it yeah um creating yeah. that you've yeah and living that you've been doing in that space um and yeah I'm glad we I'm glad we did it yeah it's been one that we've been meaning to get to for a wee while really mm-hmm <laughs> But if anyone has any questions uh, they'd like to ask, send them in at tospsychic at gmail.com. Yep. Give us a follow over on Instagram, turns out underscore she's psychic. Mm-hmm. And don't, Anything don't else? forget to check out our other two babies. Turns out she's a witch and turns out it's mm-hmm. haunted when we feel like getting around to it. That's not every week, but when we get there we have lots of fun. Yeah, we've been busy. Um, And just on a side note too, if anyone's interested, um, next week I have the next round of Spirit Alignment Mentoring kicking off. Oh, yes. So if anyone's interested, if everyone hears Mm -hmm. this and they're motivated to do something about it, jump on my website and check it out because there are limited spaces um, because I have limited hours in the Uh, week. Um, But it's time to start and get it finished before Christmas. which is people awesome. listening in real time. What was the date that that starts? That you've got to sign Monday up. Monday the eighth. Okay. Just in case there's someone just listening and can't mm-hmm. write anything down <laughs> right now. Yep. Yep. Starts next week from week beginning Monday okay, the eighth. Cool. Thank you, everybody. Yeah. Thank you, Yay. Tracy. Yay. Love you all. Yay. Thank you, Laura. Take care. Love you all. Bye. Bye. If you'd like to send us one of your ghost stories or if you have a question for me or for Laura, send us a Gmail at tospsychic at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at turnsout underscore she's psychic and over on Facebook at tospsp.